Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast. And today, I want to talk about confidence. You know, I see a lot of basketball players lack confidence when they walk into a gym. You know, go and play in a big tournament, you know, AAU tournament. And then, you know, you see the team come in. They got the ranked guys, you know, some guys ranked number one, number 15. You're unranked. So automatically, you get this anxiety like, is this guy going to kill me today? And, you know, you you tend to go into your shell. I want to just give out, you know, just give some of these players out here some confidence that you got to understand these players today, these players yesterday, the players tomorrow until the world ends via uh, a comet hitting it. Everybody's going to lace their shoes up the same. Everybody's going to pull up their shorts the same, tie their they drawstring and tuck in their shirt the same way as you. Never go into a, a game, like, you know, not confident, like, you know, this guy is so good, you know. Um, I always use me as an example because I always had confidence in my abilities on the basketball court. I always felt like no matter who you are, whether you're ranked or unranked, or you're an NBA player, no matter who you are, I just thought that I was the best guy on the floor. You know, even even if I shot, you know, two for 12 or three for 15 or something like that, I always just felt like, yo, I'm still better than you. <laughs> you know, there was a game I had when I was in junior college. I was playing at the College of Southern Nevada in Las Vegas, and we went up against this team called the College of Southern Idaho. Now, on that team, they had... They had two players. Um, one was named Yakuba Dewara. He ended up going to the NBA. He played with the Miami Heat, the Denver Nuggets. I think he had about a nice little seven, eight-year career in the NBA. And the other was big man, Sonny Abraham. And Sonny, he was coming out of Oak Hill. He played in Oak Hill with uh, Carmelo Anthony. And he was the number one ranked big man in the United States in high school and in junior college. And mind you, me, Daniel Artest, six foot five center, even though, you know, I'm six three, but, you know, they gave me the two inches, you know. So six foot three center going up against six foot nine Yakuba and six foot 11 Sonny Abraham. So they come into they come into our gym and, you know, they 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 this team is is, is huge, you know, like because not only not only they had, you know, them two in the front line. They had all they had, they had big guards and everything. So I'm like, yo, we on the size today. Like, this is gonna be this is gonna be crazy. You know, and um when the game started, I basically like bumped up against Sonny, you know, I mean just gave him a little shove just to see how much resistance he will give me, you know. And when I when I um realized like I could just push him away with one arm, my confidence went right through the roof. I already came into the game confident as hell because I just felt like like that that year was my first year playing organized basketball, and so I was just, I was having a good season. I was having a good start to the season. I'm playing good, you know. I'm starting, and I'm I'm, I'm averaging about at that time I was averaging about 17 points, like nine rebounds a game, and and um you know I'm shooting like 60 percent from the field. I'm just having a good season, so I, I was just already already on a natural high, and just like I'm I'm, I'm just kill these guys, and then like you know when I realized that they wasn't as strong as me. I just had my way with them the entire game. It sucked that we lost. <laughs> but, you know, I ended up the game. I had about, I think, 26 points. 
like nine rebounds and I shot, I only missed two shots the entire game. I shot, uh, I think I want to say uh, 11 for 13 for the game. And it, it was fun going after them big boys, man. You know what I'm saying? Because like I was just grabbing the rebounds and just going up, just getting basket after basket after basket. And then coaches is like, somebody stop number 51. Somebody stop that guy. And I'm just looking at, I'm looking at him like, coach, you're out for a long night. But you know they they team they they just overpowered us you know um, they had they had too many good guards they had too many good shooters and they they beat us but I just always made it I made it personal like listen we may lose the war but I'm winning this battle between these two dudes man you know and um it it, it was fun it was fun going up against them and then we went up against them again the second time um at their place it was their senior night and. You know, I, I already knew I was going to have a good game against them because I had so much success against them before. But the funny thing was at shoot-around, there was a paper on the bench, and I looked at it. It was a scouting report, and I seen what they was going to try to do to me, and I was like, I was so ready. They was going to double-team me because they knew I was going to spin baseline, so they was going to double-team me, and, um, you know, if I spin baseline, they was going to double-team me. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go, go spin baseline. <laughs> so when the game started, I spun baseline, and Sonny, he wasn't there. So, um, But I, I kind of felt his presence, and I, I spun back. And then I did like this crazy fadeaway shot that went in, and my three ball was going. So I, I hit some threes and stuff to, to, get, the, um, to get the game started. And like my, my jump shot was falling. So once my, my jump shot was falling and then I could post you up, it, it was pretty much curtains. You know? And um that's the that's the confidence I always I always had. And it's funny because during the game, I knew that my school, the College of Southern Nevada, they were shutting the basketball program down. So during the game, I'm killing these two dudes. I ended up I ended up the game I had about um I think I had another twenty six points and I had like fourteen or fifteen rebounds that game. And um, we, we lost a close one to them again. That team was just really good. They was ranked number one in the, in the nation, you know. And um, and I felt like sometimes a couple of my teammates, you know, they 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 kind of got, you know, shook, you know, due to you know Southern Idaho. You go into their their arena. They got like a seven thousand seat arena, sold out. You know, they got the whole pomp and circumstance, man. Like like a real college. D1 game, the atmosphere was crazy. They had this um this section full of old ladies. You know, um there was boosters, you know, people that, you know, a former alumni at the program, but it was all old women. And like, we don't like your number 51. We don't like your number 51. And I'm just looking at them like, like I can't talk. That was the only time I couldn't talk trash, man, to the ladies. You know, because you know, they old ladies and stuff. It is always it was always a little love. But then like every time I scored, I looked at them like and was smiling, throwing, giving them a thumbs up and everything. You know, you know, they liked the how I was interacting with them. I interacted with them at all times. And they was like, Oh, we love you, Daniel Artes, we love you. And um so during the game, like I said, I knew our school was um closing down. Well, they was closing down the basketball program due to funding. And I'm recruiting myself to these coaches at the end of the game. I'm like, listen. I want to come to your school. I'm coming to your school. I want to come to your school. I'll score a layup. And, um, you know what I mean? I make sure, like, if I do a fadeaway, I make sure that I did the fadeaway near their, near their bench. So I go at the coach, like, come get me. What are you doing? Come get me. You know, what, what are you doing? And then, at the, like, in between play, like, when, a, like, free throws and stuff, I would purposely line up on the foul line so they could look at me. And I'm like, like, come get me. What's going on? What are y'all doing? 
You know, like I'm recruiting myself to this team. That was, that was funny. That's how, and then I ended up going to Southern Idaho for summer school because I recruited myself. Like I was confident enough in my ability as a basketball player to be like, y'all, this school is going to want me. You know, and um, I ended up going there for summer school, but I ended up leaving because um, they didn't have, um, they fired the coach because he didn't go to the Nationals. You know, he didn't go to Nationals for two years. He won a national championship, but then the next two years, they didn't, he didn't go. His record was 67-4, and four, and they fired him because <laughs> he the, the, the two major games that he lost was the Nash, was the conference championship games. And it's not like the NCAA where you get an at-large bid. In junior college, is only 16, 16 conferences, so each conference winner goes to the national championship. So he got fired. And so I was just like, it just didn't work out and stuff. And um, I ended up going to Westchester Community College for my sophomore year of basketball, of, of the um, my sophomore year of college basketball. And um, you know, Westchester was cool. Westchester was cool. Um, I had a lot of confidence in there. I knew I knew from the start when I got to Westchester that I was gonna be I was gonna start and be the man on the team because I just felt like when I when I got there that like none of their big men could do anything with me. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my thing there. I'm not even worried about it. And then our first game, we played on Thanksgiving 2003. And um, we played against this team called Kobe Community College. And they had this player named Justin Williams. And Justin Williams, it was we played in Wyoming. It was a tournament in Wyoming. Justin Williams recently committed to go to Wyoming. So we get there. And the game is packed, all Justin Williams fans, all Wyoming, you know, university fans, and they're there to see him. And boy, was in for a rude awakening. And um, like first play, go up against Justin, you know, I just abused him in the post. He was 6'10, 6'11, but he was, he was, he was light. You know, like he wasn't as strong as me. So it was fun going up against him because he was very athletic. He had he had NBA athleticism in junior college. So he he got my shot a couple times. I think he blocked like three of my shots. But I ended the game with about 28 on him, 28 and 12. And um, he ended the game with 20. And he couldn't really, really do much because I was strong. And I had this rule, like, you can't get two feet set in the paint. And I live by that rule. And because I'm, I'm so short as a center, power forward, that if, if, a, if a person get in the paint, he can just do um, a sky hook or hook shot on me, and then I'll be done. So I always made these players do their work early. You know, you try to, you know, you think you're taller than me, you're you going to post me up. Then, um, you know, that's not going to happen. You're going to have to, you know, figure something else out. And, um, you know, so going up against him, and it was cool that we talked about it later on when he got to the NBA because he ended up going to Sacramento, and I was in Sacramento. And we ended up, we was talking about it. It was cool. And he said, yeah, but, we, you know, we beat you. But I was like, yeah, y'all did beat us. But I won the war versus you in your hometown where your school was at. And coaches see me and stuff. because, And then I ended up getting, like, a little recruiting letter from Wyoming and things, and they was talking about the game and, like, you know, congratulating me. It was cool. Um, and then my first game, my first professional game, um, I was playing in the ABA with this team called the Kentucky Colonels. And I got there late, like midseason and stuff. This was after like my college season ended and I moved back to Indiana. But the team I was playing for was in Kentucky. We had um, Tree Rollins, ex-NBA player, as our coach. And he was like, hey, son, what position you play? I was like, man, I play center. Just like that. And he was like, you play center? I was like, yeah. He was like, you know, okay. <laughs> he didn't believe in me or whatever at all. 
So our first game, you know, I went to practice. I made the team and stuff. So he had a little bit. He was just like, well, you know, we're just going to use you in spot minutes or whatever. And I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. I was kind of frustrated about it because I'm like, like I'm one of the best guys on this team or whatever. But, you know, they, they want to go with their big man or whatever, you know, 6'11s or whatever. And um, so we get to the game and I play. He put me in. I play like six minutes. The first six minutes, I scored 13 points, you know, and and I was just looking at him like, see, like, you got to believe in me. You got to believe in me like more than I believe in myself, coach. And then um, he put me back in the game. He kept me in the game longer than my first pro game I ever had was I had, I had 30 points off the bench, you know, and I had 30 points in like 19 minutes, you know. And um, another one was when I had my first pro game in Germany and, um, I basically lied to get to Germany. I told him I was center, but I was six seven. I played center and stuff, and and um, you know, coach he didn't see no videos of me, but he looked up my my college numbers, and he said he was impressed by them. You know, um, because my freshman year of college, I averaged um fifteen points and eight point three rebounds per game, and then my second year, I went up to about twenty two points per game and about nine point eight rebounds. So he he was impressed by my by my college numbers, and so when I get to Germany, he seen that I wasn't tall, so he was they was gonna send me back. But then they they see me, you know, work out with the team. They see how I played, so they kept me. And um, then the first official um, the first game of the season, like the preseason or whatever, and he was like, "Well, you know, you're going up against this big guy, so you know, just do your best." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then this was back in the day when. When people gave the overseas players like the soft label, and I always thought they were soft and stuff because, you know, when I was playing out there, I was just like, feel like I could just do whatever I wanted. And so my first game in Germany, I was just scoring at will, just grabbing the rebounds, and ones, and ones after and ones, and, and just going at these big dudes. They had a dude that was like 6'11, and another one that was like 6'9 on their team. So I was just going after them. And then when it all settled, I had a game winning shot. And I had my career high in rebounds, and I had, you know, close to my career high in points. I had 37 points and 31 rebounds in my first overseas game in Germany, like first under, under the whistle preseason game or whatever. And that was that was fun because then the coach was like, okay, like we, we see what's going on. And so they decided to keep me. And um, I just always believed in myself, you know, when, when coaches didn't believe in me. You know, I, I always believed in myself. Um I had another game in Germany. Actually, we was in Luxembourg, and I went up against one of my friends growing up. Name is Tommy Eddie, and the coach he wanted Tommy Eddie before me. So I was basically I wasn't even the coach's first choice. You know, what I mean Tommy Eddie was, but Tommy Eddie, you know, he went to a better situation in Luxembourg, and I see why. You know, I get out there, I seen him, we talking. He got the, you know, he got the he got the the car and stuff. You know, what I'm saying he got the apartment. He doing his thing and stuff. So we played against him, and then Tommy come out. Tommy, Tommy Guns, that's what they call him, that's what we call him in New York. So Tommy come out going at me, you know, I'm like, oh, he's, he's killing, because Tommy, he's, he's like, at that time, he was like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, but Tommy was like 270, but he played like Anthony Mason, you know, he had guard, footwork, and everything. Tommy, Tommy's nice, he could shoot the three, so... The first half, he was busting my ass, yo. I was just like, yo, this dude, I ain't know what to do. Coach was like, see, like, this is the level. You can't play at this level and stuff. And then, like, but slowly but surely, I started chipping away and stuff. And I started getting mines or whatever. And, um, you know, me, I ended up winning that game. 
um, against Tommy. And me and Tommy, we both um we both ended up with like thirty plus points. And um I had about like fourteen, fifteen rebounds and stuff. And, you know, and me and Tommy we were just dapping up. It was a it was a fun game because like it was like, you know, we went at it. We went at each other. Like, you no, know, it was it was like no give. But that game, like when Tommy came out after me to start the game, and the way Tommy came out to start the game, my confidence kind of wavered a little bit because he was really going after me. And I was like type nervous, like, man, like he got me in foul trouble and I'm on the bench and he's just he's just cooking. And he got me in that first half and I was and I was just like, man, my coach was looking at me like, see, man, this is not the level you're supposed to be at. And we really wanted Tommy on the team, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. And I'm by myself. There's nobody here. It's just me and Germany. I mean, me and Luxembourg going up against Tommy. I had nobody in my back to, like, you know, help me, you know, you know, hype me up, get me going. So I had to really just, you know, look at myself and just go back to the times when I was in college and be like, you know, hey, man, it's just basketball, you know, and such is life. You're going to always have your ups and downs and stuff. But the end result is how you make it. You know what I'm saying? It's not about the journey. It's about the destination. And then so once I realized that, I was able to just calm down and just play my game. And, you know, and not worry about what was going on, like, on, on Tommy's side, you know. And then once, you know, like I said, once we started chipping away and I started getting into the groove and, uh, you know, things started to swing in my favor, and, you know, the outcome of that game was 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 what it was. It was an amazing game. And, like, you know, going up against Tommy, like, it was cool. It was, like, you know, I was able to test the bar to see what level of player I was. And when I realized that I was actually really good, then, you know, everything else was, was smooth sailing, you know. And um, another thing that another confidence issue I had, well, not an issue. Another thing about confidence was when I was in Sacramento and I was trying out for the Lakers team for the NBA summer league. And that was when like my confidence really got affected by coaching. So, you know, I worked my ass off to get on that summer league team back in 2007. And so I went to Vegas and it was, it was like, it was a whirlwind at first because I was like, man, all these athletes and a lot of the things that I was that I was able to do before wasn't working. And it was just totally a, like the level of play was crazy, but I was able to still do some things and I was able to still have success against um, some of those players and stuff. And, um, you know, they had we had on our team, we had um, the big man from Syracuse named Daryl Watkins, you know, strong big man. And um, they had, you know, Justin Williams, my my opponent from junior college days, they had Major Wingate. He was he was there on the team, and they had they had a bunch of other good dudes. Nick Kane, Nick Kane Medley. He he was a really he was a really good player. They had a uh, Mustafa Shakur, um, Pooh Jetter. You know, it, it was um pretty good pretty good um team that we had in Sacramento um for that summer league team, and um like the only time my conference was waived because I wasn't really playing that much, and um, you know coaches was really kind of just like not playing me. Which which was which was cool or whatever, and then I kind of heard like you know the agents was kind of like saying basically that I shouldn't play because of you know they they got these players on their team and then I would be taking minutes from their players and so you know the coaches obliged them 
know what I'm saying? These agents, you know, they're powerful. They can they can dictate to where they can dictate a place a player can go. You know what I mean? That kind of messed up my confidence a little bit. But when we got to practice, I was able to hold my own in practice versus those guys. So my confidence my confidence came back, you know, um, when I got there to NBA Summer League. And um and also when I pl- tried out for the Lakers Summer League team to go to Vegas as um in 2009, um, I didn't make the team, but my confidence was, was at an all-time high because I was able to go go toe to toe with with a bunch of you know a, a bunch of top players. You know it, that was that was fun. You know to go toe to toe with Adam Morrison. You know that was my Adam Morrison was you know he was you know the college player of the year. You know that that Adam Morrison. You know, he had his injuries and stuff, but he was still cocky. He was still able to to do his thing. They also had Allen Anderson, so it was cool to go toe to toe with him. You know, and um, and Mustafa Shakur was on that team as well, so th- that was fun. They had this other dude from um, Oklahoma State University. I forgot his name, but he was a big man. And me, it came it came down to the final cuts, and it was between me and him. And he got over because you know he played the power forward position, but he was also six nine. So they went with the with the with the height. You know what I'm saying? But that was cool though because a lot of the coaches, you know, they showed me a lot of love, and I kind of felt like I earned a lot of their respect after that camp. Cause that that camp was that camp was fun and I and I really earned that you know what I mean like that that was awesome you know but I say that to say like when it comes to basketball man just have all the confidence in the world like I always I always preach that to people you know I always preach people like listen at the end of the day you playing basketball you have a goal you want to get somewhere right somebody else has the same aspirations as you do you know and I always and it sounds harsh when I say it I'd be like listen nobody eats you keep the foot on their neck until they can't breathe anymore. You know, and then you don't let up. And if they have a family, they family starve too. That's how that's how I live it when I play basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds kind of crazy. It sounds kind of harsh. But at the same time, they're doing the same thing. They have the same aspirations, especially like when you're trying out for teams. They have the same aspiration. They will push you off a cliff if it means that they'll survive. And that's the attitude, you know, players need to take in these days. Someone once asked me, how exactly I developed confidence with basketball, you know, just being an undersized center or undersized big man. How did I have the confidence to be successful in basketball? Me, I always just had, always just set goals. I always worked hard and I always stayed consistent with working hard and I always told myself like, hey, you're good. You're the best. You're the man. You know, I always just, I always just kept that in me, that fire burning, always stoking the fire with, you know, stoking the flames with positive, um, you know, um, what's that word? Affirmations, you know, and that's how I pretty much, you know, just stay confident. And also, you know, um, it, it, it wasn't too bad growing up in the same house with an NBA player. And I felt like if I could score on him, I could score on anybody. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like that, you know. So set a goal every day. Work hard, be consistent, you know what I'm saying? No matter what it is, whether if um you know, whether it's basketball or in business, you know what I'm saying, or you know, in life as well. Just set whatever goal you're gonna set, you know, work hard towards your goal and just be consistent. That's it. That's pretty much it. That's how I develop confidence and I hope that that's how you up-and-coming basketball players develop, develop confidence. You know, confidence is actually developed in practice. Confidence is designed. Confidence is built. And, 
you're going to make it through it, man. You can make it through any any type of storm in your life, you know, any type of drought in your life, any type of, you know, shooting slump you're in. You can pull yourself through and get out of it. Just be consistent and work hard, man, and, 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 and be positive to yourself. And with that being said, thank you for listening to my podcast. You can go like it, rate it, review it, subscribe it, share it with your friends and your family. I'm also on Facebook at the Daniel Artest Podcast. We have a group with over 1,800 members in there. And I'm on social media, Twitter and Instagram, Daniel Artest Pod. Y'all have a great day out there. Attack your day. Be great. Have confidence no matter what you're doing, whether you're playing basketball, whether you're at work, you know, you're painting, you're doing music. Hey, man, seize the day. Take it by the horns and let the chips fall where they may. Be great. Peace.